It's always flowing. Amen. Amen. We greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I know you probably wasn't expecting me here this morning, but uh, Brother Donnie, uh, Sister Sharon passed away. And so I was talking to Brother Donnie last night and I said, uh, Brother Donnie, if you need to go on to Kentucky, uh, I'll, I'll take the service in the morning. And he said, did you do that because you wanted to preach? No. <laughs> No, I, I didn't. I, but I did that because he's my brother. And I love him. And that's what we want to speak on this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Genesis. We want to read from Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. We greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. We appreciate the prayers that you've given us and all the nice text and words of encouragement. And we've been battling this back trouble and... I got the results of my MRI, and uh, according to the doctors, what they say, I have three bulging discs uh, in my back, and I have a spinal stenosis, which is, I guess, pushing against the nerve is where all the pain's coming from, but, you know, the best surgeon I know is the Lord Jesus, and so we're just trusting that he'll help us, amen. So thank you for your prayers, and I appreciate if you continue to pray for us. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth. He got mad in church. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou dost well, shalt thou not be accepted, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and to thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. That's a lie. He said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Let's bow our heads. I want to speak to you this morning for just a few minutes on am I my brother's keeper? Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful to be a part of this great body of believers on the earth. For Lord, we are a people who has experienced your love, your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness. And Lord, we believe that we were put here for a purpose. 
We do not believe we are here by accident. Amen. Lord, we believe that while we're on this earth, there is something that you want to accomplish through us. For the prophet said, the only hands you have is our hands and the only eyes you have is our eyes. Oh Lord, may we be a people who are fully surrendered to you, Lord, that you could see through us, that you could love through us, that you could help others through us. For Lord, I believe the prophet said something like this. It's God in me helping you. And it's God in you helping me. And Lord, may we make a greater commitment. That Lord, not to say that we're a Christian by our words. But may the world know that we are Christians by our love. For God is love. Bless you people today, Lord. Those suffering, Father, I ask that your spirit would move upon them, for you are our healer. And Lord, we ask you to be with Sister Carol and her family, Lord. Loss of a loved one, God. I am so grateful I was able to go to the hospital a few weeks ago, Lord. Spend some time with Sister Sharon and her husband there. What a wonderful time that we had. I'm so grateful she's entered into her rest, Lord. Father, may you be with us today that when we leave the building, may our hearts burn within us as you talked with us along the way. Bless your people today, we ask in Jesus' name. And the bride says, Amen. God bless you, you, may be seated. And I found this quote and I, I thought it was so good and the prophet was talking about the the possum that had came to his house. I know you remember the story. And he said, when I held the rake on her, she was biting at it. He said, that's very unusual for a possum. Because he said, that's why they call a possum. You know, they just lay down. They just play dead. He said, so I thought that maybe she had rabies because she was biting at the rake when I was raking it over her. He said, and then I seen that she had nine little baby possums. And I said, oh, she's a mother. I said, Gene and Lino, come here. So I wanted to give you a better lesson. I said, this old mother possum is way more of a mother than that woman that drowned her baby. I said, this old animal, she hasn't got 30 minutes to live. She can't live like that. She's dying. But she will spend that 30 minutes fighting for her babies. For she's a mother, a real mother, and she loves them. Would spend the last 30 minutes of her life not trying to take care of herself, not trying to restore her health, but the last 30 minutes of her life, she would give her life fighting for her little ones. And Brother Ben said, we don't know what time that he'll come. But we want to live each day like he might come the next minute. Because the next minute might be the end of your life at that minute. You don't know when you're going to go. 
This may be some of the last breath you'll ever breathe that you have in you right now. So you want to live your life like it is. Now we don't know that. We don't know that I have right now in my body perhaps some of the last breath I'll ever breathe. We don't know when we're going to go, but the prophet said, let's live every minute of our life like it was our last minute on earth. And I got to thinking about that and I thought, you know, if today was your last day on earth, how would you live it? Just think a minute. If this was the last day you had, when the sun rose up tomorrow, we would start getting texts that you had passed from this earth. How would you live your last day? Would you forgive a debt? That somebody owes you. Would you let go of a grudge? That you've been holding in your life. Would you mend a heart? Would you take time to listen to your child? If today was your last day. Would you give someone your seat? Would you call your mama on the phone? If today was your last day, would you drop by and sit on the porch with your daddy for just a few minutes? If today was your last day on the earth, how would you live your day? Think about it for a minute. Because you see, each of us leaves footprints on the sands of time. Then what kind of prints do we want to leave for those who would come behind us? What would we want our little ones if time were the cherry? And they were to grow up one day and they would become the evangelists of the message. And they would become the pastors of the message. What footprints would we leave for them? As to how a Christian should live on the earth. Then let us live every day. Like it was our last day. That we would close our Bibles. And we would say we fought a good fight. We kept the course. I ran the race. That was set before. Then let us, brothers and sisters, as we think about that, let us live our lives that way. You see, we read here in the scriptures this morning in Genesis, we see the nature and the spirit of Cain. Cain had brought fruit up before God for a sacrifice. But God rejected it. God didn't reject Cain. He rejected his sacrifice. He told Cain, if you do like your brother, I'll receive you. But it made Cain mad. Now we find that that's the way a lot of people are. When they don't get their way. They can be so sweet. And they can be so kind. 
but let something not go their way. Oh my. They're like that cat that Brother Benham talked about. As long as you're petting them this way, they'll purr it out. But rub them their own way one time, they'll sure kick up a fuss. Now why are they like that? It's because a lot of times it's a selfish spirit. They put their self first. Come on somebody. It's my way or no way. You see, it's the spirit of the age we're living in. When people love their self more than they love one another. Now why are they like that? It's because they're living a life that has never been fully surrendered to Christ. If your life is not fully surrendered to Christ, you will live your life for yourself even if you come to church. They are that way because they are under the influence of the spirit of Laodicea. They are not under the influence of Christ. What we need in this hour are some Christians who are under the influence, intoxicated by Jesus Christ. You see the problem around the message sometimes is we got too many sippers. They sip just enough to get them to come back. But what we need in this message is some drinkers. We need some real drunks to get so drunk on the Holy Ghost, amen, that we don't even know our name. To get so drunk we'll doubt our doubts. Amen. Amen. If we staggered into church, we'll have better services. <laughs> amen. Will you drink to that? <laughs> Amen. Amen. You see, the Laodicea age, or the last stage we're living in, is an age of self-love. And love for materialistic things. And the prophet said, that will take the place of the true love of God. You see, Laodicea says, love yourself. But how different it is from what Jesus said in St. John 15, 13. He said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. When Cain wasn't accepted, when he didn't get his way, in anger, he killed his brother Abel. Please tell me what Abel had to do with it. Why take it out on Abel? Well, he wasn't going to hurt himself. He wasn't going to hurt himself. So he took his anger and he took it out on his brother. He killed his brother in anger and God came to him and said, where is thy brother Abel? Now, friends, you know it wasn't God said that because God didn't know. God knew exactly where he was. But he was given Cain once again. He was given Cain another chance. Just like he does you. Where is thy brother Abel? Cain knew exactly where he was. But watch his attitude. Watch his arrogance. Watch his selfishness. He says to God, I 
know not. That was a lie. But he was so stuck on himself. He was so arrogant within himself. He could not see it past anybody but himself that he didn't even care to lie to God. Knowing God knew he was lying. He cared only about himself. And we find that spirit in the world we are living in today. All about self. What's in it for me? What can I get out of it? How will it benefit me? You see, a person who lives their life for their self lives a selfish life. How different the spirit of Jesus is from the spirit of this age. When Christ came to earth, he was just one man. But he was a perfect man. And he gave his life. And he made an example. Amen. He made an example for you and for me. Amen. Then what must we do? The prophet said, the first thing I want to say to you is, Jesus never lived for himself. His life was spent for others. That's perfectly eternal life. When you go to church and you do good things, that's fine. But when your life is lived for yourself, you haven't eternal life. Eternal life is living for others. It proved it when he came to earth as the Lamb of God. He lived and had eternal life because he did not live for himself. He lived for others. Amen. He lived for others. He suffered for others. He labored for others. He died for others. He arose for others. Because he said, because I live, now you can live also. He was striped for others. The stripes on his back was not for his healing. It was for man. Everything he did, he did for others. And you receive eternal life by receiving that day. And you don't live for yourself no more. You live for others. You see, he didn't have to. He didn't have to. The father said, I'll take you right now. You can come with me right now. He didn't have to do it, but he was willing to do it. Oh God, I'm so glad that he did. Aren't you glad that he did this morning? Where would we be if Jesus didn't have this kind of attitude? He was willing. When God was here on earth, the prophet said he became you. Think about that for a minute. When God was here on earth and became you, he became sin. That him taking your sin, he bore it for you and paid your penalty for it. God is long suffering, forbearing her burdens, forbearing my sins. He was packing my sins up the hill that day. He was packing your sins, the sins of the world up that hill. Hallelujah. He was packing my burden. He was packing your burden. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Amen. 
carried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. Bearing my burdens, he was my brother's keeper. He bore my burdens, the weight, the sin. I could not carry that to Calvary. He carried it for me. He was made lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. He tasted death for you. Amen. Hebrews 2.10 For it became him for whom are all things, by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are all of one. Oh God, let me read that again. Listen to what the Bible says. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. My brother's keeper, he bore my burdens. He carried my pain. Look what he was for us just a minute. He and his riches became poor that in his poverty we might become rich. In his immortality he became flesh that he might take our sickness that in his sickness we might have health. And all my sins, all my sins, he became. God, think of that for a minute. The sin you don't want nobody to know that you're guilty of. He bore my sins. All my sins, he became. He was sinless and taking my sins that I might be sinless. He became me that I might become him in heaven. And if the spirit of Jesus Christ is in me, I'll do the works of Christ because it's the life of Christ in you. Manifested in who? Manifested in you. Manifesting who? Who are you manifesting? Not yourself, but Christ who lives in you. The world will see Christ once more. They will see him in you. Not a man with the robe. Not a man packing a cross. A man going to Walmart. A man going to work. A woman, amen. Who 
world would see Jesus because you are manifesting him to a dying world. Forsaking his sonship, he became sin. Think of that. Forsaking his sonship and became sin and took our sins that he might take the sinner. That he might take the sinner and make them sons. That ought to make you say amen. If you've never amen the service in your life, that ought to make you say amen. He forsook his sonship and became sin. That I could become sinless and find my position as a son of God. He became me. He became me that I might become him. What are you talking about? My brother's keeper. He done this for me when I could not help myself. He helped me. What is the fruit of the spirit? It's love, joy, faith, peace. Long suffering. That's the part of God that's in you. When God comes in you, what comes in you? His characteristics. The characteristics of God. Abraham saw God in many different ways. How did he always know it was God? It wasn't by the way he looked, it was the character. He saw the character of God. Amen. How do we know Christ is among us? We see the characteristics of the living Christ living among us. Amen. Amen. Think of that, friends. Think of that, friends. That's the part of God that's in you. And you can forbear. Because that's in you, we can forbear one another's burdens. I can carry your burdens. You can carry my burdens because the burden carrier is within us. Forbearing one another's burdens. Forgiving one another. Ain't it something how we always want God to forgive us? But we don't want to forgive our brother. Huh? Every time we do something, we want God to forgive us. But let somebody do one thing. And we want to mumble and complain against them. Preach, brother. Well, I'm glad y'all shouted last night. That's good. Amen. This will put rubber on your tires right here. Amen. Forbearing one another. Forgiving one another. Has God, for Christ's sake, forgive you. You know how we ought to forgive one another? Exactly the way God forgave us. Unconditionally. Amen. Amen. The Spirit of God in you makes you that way. My brother's keeper. 
my brother's keeper. Amen. You see, it's not always just the prophet. It's not, oh, well, that's the pastor. That's what the pastor does. That's what the prophet does. You know, I heard people talk about Brother Branham and how he loved people that didn't love him. And they act like, oh, what a great thing it is. But let me tell you, that is a great thing. But Brother Branham didn't do that because he was a prophet. Brother Branham did that because he was a Christian. Amen. That's not the characteristics of a prophet. That is the characteristics of a born-again believer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. My brother's keeper. The Bible says it this way. For we as many members in one body, many members in one body, many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. We don't have the same office. But we all are in the same body. We're not all the eye. We're not all the eye. There's some eyes. There's some ears. There's some tongues. There's some thumbs. There's some hands. What good's a hand without fingers? What good's fingers without a hand? What good's a tongue without a mouth? Huh? Amen. Uh, did, we did surgery one time on a man who did an EGD. We went down his throat and looked at his stomach. Man, every time he ate, he got choked. So they thought he had a stricture in his esophagus. So we, they brought him to the OR. I was on the case. And we put the man to sleep. We put a scope down him looking for the stricture. We couldn't find the stricture. So we, they, there's nothing there. So when the man woke up, I went to him. I was trying to get him ready, take him off the table, so take him back to the room. And I said, hey, buddy, where's your teeth? He said, that's what I'm trying to tell him. <laughs> he wasn't getting choked because he had a stricture. He was getting choked because he didn't have teeth. <laughs> Simple. Sometimes it's too simple, ain't it? That's why we stagger over it. Amen. <laughs> so we being many are one body in Christ and every member one of another. What's the Bible saying? Simply this. There's many members in this body, but every member in this body was put here to help someone else. We were put here to help one another in this body. A body of believers not all pastors not all prophets not all evangelists not all song leaders every member has a place and until you are in your place the body does not function like it should function everybody must find their place in the body and be satisfied don't you see if God made you the finger he had confidence that you would be the best finger he could make Quit trying to be an eye when you're a finger. Just be what God made you and be happy. Use your ability that God gave you not to help yourself, but to help someone else. 
The Bible says, let love, Romans 12, 9, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. That word dissimulation, it means with hypocrisy. In other words, don't love with hypocrite love. When people put their arm around you and say, I love you. And Brother Brennan said, I knew they really didn't love me. You can tell sometimes when people want something from you, they start being your best friend. Love in hypocrisy. Well, there's another quiet moment on the tape, but that's all right. Let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be genuine. Let it be pure. Let it be real. Not disguised. You're doing it this way because you really want something. The Bible says, Romans 12, 10, be kindly, affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honoring and preferring one another. Galatians 6, 2 says it this way. Be, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Be your brother's keeper. Amen. Cain said, I'm not my brother's keeper. That's the spirit of Cain. But God put us here to be our brother's keeper. Love one another. Look after one another. Carry each other's burdens. Lift each other up. I heard a story of a person running to Dunkin' Donuts to get some coffee. And there was a beggar standing out on the street. Homeless guy. Nobody would pay no attention to him. This person went in to get some coffee and the, the beggar came in and he was looking at the menu and he was looking at the change in his hand and he was trying to see what he could buy with the money that he had. And this person said, look, buddy, get in front of me. I'll buy you something. Get anything you want. I'll pay for it. The man ordered him a bagel and a cup of coffee. And when he turned around, nobody wanted this man to sit with them. So the person said, hey, hey, wait a minute. You can sit with me. And they sat down and they got to talking. And the man got to tell him, said, I don't know who my daddy is. My mama died of cancer. I got on drugs. I made a mistake with my life. I got on drugs and this is, what, this is where I'm at today. This is what drugs has done to me. I'm homeless. Said they just begin to spill their guts. They just begin to talk all their problems. Said they talked about an hour. And the person said, look, I, I, I need to go. But I've enjoyed talking to you. And the person said, the person, the homeless guy said, can I have that receipt? Said, did you have a pen? And he wrote on this receipt and he handed it to the person. And he said, thank you, beautiful person. And when he left, they opened up the note and it said this, Today, I was going to kill myself. But because of your kindness, I don't want to hurt myself no more. What did it cost? One bagel and a cup of coffee. 
You see, it's the thing that melts the hearts of the people together. It's the love of God. It's not the signs and wonders. It's not the running the aisles and shouting. Though I love to do that. But the thing that melts us together is the love that's among us. Brother Bram said, and I know if I had all of God's gifts in one great place, listen to this quote, if I could go in and receive any gift that I wish. It's about a building. And every gift God had was in this building. And you can walk in, Brother West, and get any gift you want. Gift of discernment on this shift. Gift of visions on this shift. Gifts of healing on this shift. A gift of speaking in tongues. A gift of prophesying. You can have any gift in this building. It was yours for the taking. Just go in and get what you want. You can get any gift of all God's great gifts. Brother Bradham said, I would accept love above any of the gifts. I'd rather have love than all the gifts that God has. Because where's their tongues, they'll cease. Where there's prophecy, it shall fail. But where there is love... It endures forever. Amen. We must live for others. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. We've got to have a feeling for one another. You cannot really pray for someone in the right way till you can enter into their suffering. If you can ever enter into that person's suffering, I'll tell you, you'll see great things take place. We've got to have a feeling for one another. What good does all the quotes? What good does all the mysteries? What good does all the revelation? And thank God for that. I'm not against that you know that, friends. But what would it do if we have all those things and we have not love? Therefore, when you do all you know how to do, and you come down to lay down at night, have the consolation knowing that you tried your best to help someone else. So, Brother Darrell, if I had a lot of money, I'd help a lot of people. They don't need your money. You know, sometimes all it takes is to say the person's name at the cash register. Just to acknowledge them as a person. For the glory of God, here a few years ago, I was up here in Elizabeth and at McDonald's and Jessica was with me in the car. And I asked the woman, I said, how much is the person's food behind us? And she looked at me so strange. She said, it's about 13, 14, I don't forget, $14 something. I said, I want to buy their food. She goes, really? I said, yes, ma'am, it'll be fine. Just take it out on this right here. Right. So we was going up the road. And Jessica says, Daddy, why'd you do that? You don't know that person. And I looked and I saw that car coming up fast to the left. And when they pulled up beside me, they rolled down the window and they were smiling and they were waving. And I told Jess, I said, you see that smile? That's why I did it. 
Not a thousand dollars. Not a new car. A smile. Amen. You see, I can't make everyone believe. You can't make everyone. That's impossible. Jesus couldn't do it when he was here. There'll be just a few believe. We know that, friends. But if there's anything that I can do, if there's anything that you can do to help the gospel, that's our duty for being here. Is to try to help somebody along the way. To live my life for my brother. My brother's keeper. But Ben said one day the Lord was so tired. He was so weary. He could hardly go. He sat down and groaned on a rock with a headache. And coming down the road, come a funeral possession. And the little mother was frantically throwing her arms and hands up in the air. She was reading and said, oh, Jehovah, why did you take him? He's my only son. Why did you take my son? The prophet said he was tired and he was weary, but he cared for that poor, heartbroken woman. And he got up and he walked over to the carriers and he stopped the procession and he laid his hand upon him and said, son, arise. And the boy got up. Brother said, why did he do that? Not to show everybody he could do it. He done it because he cared for that poor woman. Brother said, he understands. He understands and we know by his life that he cares. Can you imagine, just for a moment, can you imagine the joy that was in that woman's house? that night all because somebody cared my brother's keeper you see we're fellow pilgrims on the road together we're walking on the glory together we are brothers and sisters in Christ we're not here to harm one another we're here to help one another we're here to go along together to make sure we all make it home. We're Christians. We're born again believers. Our kingdom is not of this earth. We are from above. We're from heaven. We're born of the Spirit from up there. We act like we're from up there. We live like we're from up there. We live holy and righteous and honest and upright by one another. Treat every man nice. Do everything you can to help one another. The prophet said, if everybody took Christ as their example, we could fire every policeman. If everybody made Christ their example and showed kindness and brotherly love for one another, there would never be a need for a lawyer. There would be no divorce. If everybody made Christ as their example, there would be no nursing programs because there would be no nurses, because there would be no hospitals, because there would be no sickness. 
if everybody made Christ their example, we would have need for nothing else, the prophet said. But you see, wouldn't it be wonderful if this nation made Christ their example? But we know they'll never do that. They rejected him in 1956. America will never make Christ their example. But imagine if the state of Tennessee, if this state, everybody in this state made Christ their example, what a state this would be. People would come everywhere to see why this state was so successful. But you know as well as I know, Everyone in the state of Tennessee will never make Christ their example. But if the city of Elizabeth or the city of Johnson City, what a city it would be. But once again, you and I both know that'll never happen in Johnson City or Elizabeth. If everybody in Happy Valley made Christ as their example. But once again, we know according to the prophet, there are three kinds of believers. But what if you did? What if it started with you? If we live in such a sticky age, poking and gouging, sticking one another, everyone protecting themselves, a selfish age, people afraid to care, people afraid to love, Amen. build walls around themselves, won't let nobody in, won't let themselves out. Brother Bim said, You can learn something from a desert. He said, I think it would pay us to look at a desert, those cactus needles. So I can see those needles. Said they're so sharp. I said, I don't think a machine can sharpen those needles that sharp. They said, what makes those needles that sharp? It's a lack of water. If that little cactus is over here in our country, it would unfold and be a beautiful, soft leaf. Because what is it? It's a leaf that's rolled up. And nature sharpened it that way. That's the way it protects itself. It might be good for us to think about that just for a moment. But put water on this desert and leave it here for several years. That cactus would come up with leaves on it. It would be soft. And that's the way the church gets sometimes. When we run without spiritual water, we just roll up real tight, sticking one another. But put water on it. It softens out and flexible. And I think that's why we have church for. Not stay home and play tapes. I think that's the reason we have church for. It's where we can have spiritual water that keeps us sweet and soft so that God can use us. Flexible. Not sticking one another. Just laying softly and sweetly upon the other fellow's shoulder. And each one of us bearing one another's burdens. So fulfill we the law of Christ. 
You brothers in the military that's been in the military, you brothers been in combat, you really know the saying of the band of brothers. We made a band. We would stick by one another. Some men we was in the military with were closer to you than your own family because you was on a battlefield where you spilled your blood together and it put a bond, it put a band of brothers. God has made us a band of brothers by the gospel of Jesus Christ that we're willing to die on the battlefield for the sake of our brother. As it was a few years ago in World War II when the Americans were taking heavy fire from the Germans and they ordered a retreat and there was men on the battlefield, they were wounded and the sergeant gave the order to pull back. We'll regroup. We've got to regroup. The Germans are running over us. And somebody yelled, what about the wounded? Said, leave the wounded, we'll get them later. We've got to pull back. We've got to make a defense. But he looked. And one man run out there on the battlefield. He had picked up a boy. He was trying to carry him off the battlefield. He was staggering under the weight of him. The boy was bleeding. Blood was coming out of the boy. And it bled on the man carrying him till you couldn't tell which one was wounded. Both of them was carried in blood. And the sergeant yelled back to me. He said, Private, drop that man. We've got the pull to the rear. And he looked and the man was still trying to carry him, staggering under the weight of him. The man he was carrying was much bigger than him. He was staggering under his weight. And the sergeant gave him a second time. He said, soldier, I said, drop that man. We'll get him later. We got the pullback. And he looked the third time. He was still trying to carry him. And he said, as your non-commissioned officer, I order you, drop that man, leave him. And the guy yelled back, Sarge, he ain't heavy. The sergeant said, drop him. He's too heavy for you. Drop that man. You can't carry him. He yelled back, Sarge, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. He was trying to get his brother off the battlefield. Be the brother. Be your brother's kid. Be the water in the dry land. Be the kind voice. Be the burden bearer. Let the love of God show forth in an age of hate. My God, there's such hate in the world right now. You be the love in the world of hate. You be the shoulder. You be the friend. You be the burden bearer. You be your brother's keeper. You can never do that just by making a commitment today. Well, I want to do better, Brother Darrell. You'll never be able to do it. This is beyond a New Year's resolution. The only way we can ever fulfill what I'm talking about this morning is by dying out to ourselves and fully surrendering our life to his life and allowing him to express himself through us. The prophet said, Mr. Lilly, brothers, come to the come to come to the instruments this morning. We'll close. Brother said, Mr. Lilly, Pastor Lilly, he's a wonderful school, a wonderful Bible teacher. Mr. Lilly, he's down in the valley in the dark place. In the dark place where nobody ever sees. He gets down in the dark place, down in the valley, the dark place. He pushes himself up through the darkness of the earth. So what to do? To glorify himself. 
to glorify everything that comes in contact with him. Think about that. Not to glorify, look at me, look at what I can do. But to glorify everything that comes in contact with him. He has to toil day and night to keep his radiance of beauty, to keep the perfume flowing. He's pulled day and night from the earth for one purpose, to give out. That's what a real Christian does. You pray and humble yourself and you keep before God day and night in order that you might give yourself to somebody else. You see, it's not what you keep that counts. It's not what you keep that counts. It's what you give away. You must give yourself out to others. That's the way Jesus did. He gave himself for others. I know I've told you here before, but it comes to my mind that they couldn't catch Geronimo, so they, so they recruited the White Mountain Apaches. Geronimo was a Chiricahua Apache. There's different tribes of Apaches. Geronimo was Chiricahua and the White Mountain Apaches. They recruited them because they said it took an Apache to catch an Apache. And they tracked him down 20-some years. He was on the run. They never did capture him. He finally just surrendered. He was tired of running. And when they brought those guys in there to the fort, those White Mountain Apaches, some of them were sergeants and corporals in the military, drawed a military paycheck, wore a military uniform. And when they called them in, when they got Geronimo surrendered, they brought them to attention, stripped them of the ranks, placed them under arrest. And put them on the same train with Geronimo. Shipped them to Fort Pickens, Florida. And while they were on that train, according to the autobiography of Geronimo, one of the White Mountain Apaches was there on that train. And he spoke up and said, you was right. Not to trust the white eye. Everything they told us was a lie. And one of Geronimo's warriors, he only had a handful most of his people was made up of women and children. Only had less than 10 warriors, I think it was. And one of them spoke up to the White Mountain Apache, said, I hate you. As long as there's breath in my body, I'll hate you. Why did you not leave us alone? This was our land. Why did you track us down? Why didn't you leave us alone? We were happy. I hate you. As long as there's breath in my body, I will hate you. They said, Geronimo spoke up and said, do not hate him. There are too few of us left to hate one another. Be your brother's keeper. Give yourself out to others. It's not what you can keep, friends. I used to run cross country when I was in the army. Now I can't run across the street. And I was in a race one day, a 10K race. This particular race, I finished in the top 20. But I was way back in the pack. I was like 26, 27, I can't remember now. But I was back in the pack. And when we broke out on the clear, and there's a 10K, a 6.2 6 mile run. And the last lot, part of that run there, we broke out into an open. You could see the finish line way up in front of you. So when I saw it, I started kicking. I always held back about the three mile mark. And then about the three and a half mark, I would start kicking, start moving up in the pack. You know, you kind of stay way back and people don't think you're a threat. And then towards the end you start kicking and start moving up moving up moving up so when I saw a line I kicked it in and I moved on up and I think I finished that race don't, don't hold me to it 10th 12th something like that finished the race out of 100 runners 
And my colonel came to me after the race. And I'll never forget this, Brother Harry. He said, Ward, I'm ashamed of you. I just finished top 20. I said, sir, he said, I'm ashamed of you. He said, I saw you kicking. He said, you held too much back. He said, when you crossed that finish line, you should have gave everything you had should have been given out. And I thought about that when I found this quote. It's not what you keep so that you can run so strong at the finish. But it's what you give away so that when you cross that line, they'll know you gave everything you had to help someone else. My brother's keeper. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. By allowing Christ to live through us a surrendered life to help one another. What would it be that day when someone walks up to you and says, because of you, I'm here. It'll be worth it all. Amen. Let's bow our heads. I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me I give myself away Oh, I give myself away So you can use me I am here I stand Lord my life is in your hands Lord I'm long to see your desires revealed in I give myself away I give myself Yes, Lord, yes, Lord Give myself away I give myself away So can you Take my heart, take my life as a living self. Yes, Lord. All my dreams, Lord. All my plans, Lord Jesus. Lord, I place. I give it all to you, Lord. I give it all to you, Lord. Oh, I give myself away. I 
Today was my last day on the earth. What would I be known as? How would I have lived it? Would I gave someone else hope? Would I have been kind to someone who was having a hard time? Would I brought the homeless man something to eat? Would I have been kind to my wife? Would I took time to play with my children? Would I send a text to someone and said, praying for you? Just a phone call to the shut-in say I'm thinking about you. Lord, I've been so guilty, Father. Help me, Lord. And all my weakness and all my failures. Without you, Lord, I'm nothing. But Lord, let me live my life in such a way that if nothing else, one person as I told my girls years ago, live your life in such a way that someone experienced a miracle because they met you. And then I thought, Lord, that's not just good for my girls, that's good for me, Lord. Let me live that kind of life, Lord. I don't have to be the most popular. I don't have to have the greatest ministry. I ain't even got a ministry, Lord. But if I could just help someone, then my life's not been in vain, Lord. Let me live my life in such a way that others would see you. Let me be the Jesus. Let me be the Jesus. As Brother Donnie sung that song, who will be Jesus to them? Lord, let them see you and me. Grant it today, Lord. Lord, maybe I didn't understand when the colonel said that to me that day. I was just a kid. But all these years later, Lord, I understand now what he meant. When I crossed that finish line, but I've done that. The best that I could do, Lord. If you're here that day, friend, if you're here today and you feel that way, I'm not trying to unchristianize you. I wouldn't do that by no means. But while we're here in His presence, 
always believe God squeezes a man's heart and the juice comes out of his eyes. And while you're here in his presence this morning, have you fully surrendered? Have you, as that song, that's a beautiful song, have you give yourself away so that he could use you? Are you still holding something back for yourself? You say, Brother Dell, is this for the young people? It's for all of us. Preachers, song leaders, trustees, deacons, mama, daddy, brother, sister. I wonder today, if the word has spoke to your heart, he said, Brother Dell, I want to be my brother's keeper. I want that spirit in me. I want to be that kind of a vessel. I want to give everything to him. Would you just raise your hand this morning to him? You want to stand to your feet? There's plenty of room at the altar if you want to come talk it over with him this morning. However you feel you need to express that to him today. But if you really mean it, Lord, if this is my last day, I could go home tonight. I could lay down and say, I've done my best to try to help someone else. God bless that hand there. God bless that hand. God bless those standing. Oh, God, I'm standing too, Lord. Oh, Anyone else? You want to just stand with you this morning and say, Lord, I want to give more of myself to you, God. If you don't mean it, don't stand for it. But if you do, say, Lord, I just want to give myself to you. I want to surrender to you today. A fully surrendered life. Oh, God. To give him every room of our home. To give him access to every home, every part of our lives. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, those here in the altar, Lord, those standing. Oh, God, hear our cry this morning to you, Lord. We want to surrender to you today, Lord Jesus. Take our lives, Lord. Hear our cry to you this morning, Lord. May your spirit the same anointing that raised my Lord from the grave. May it come now, Lord. We'll give it to you, Lord. Our fears, our uncertainties, God. Our weaknesses, Lord. Our inability to love, afraid someone will hurt us, Lord. May we just give that up today, Lord. That's a chain. It locks us in, Lord. God, we've all been hurt, Lord. And no doubt we've hurt people, Lord. Maybe not even intended to, but God, help us today to forgive one another, Lord. Oh, not to hold it against the person and them, not hold it against us, Lord. Two of the greatest feelings you'll ever experience is forgiving someone and being forgiven by someone. It's the same feeling. Oh God, today, Lord.
Today, Lord, we give ourselves away. Grant it, oh God, today. Father, you see those standing, Lord, we lift our hearts and our hands to you today, Lord. We make this commitment, Father. Lord, let me be yielded to you, Lord, that you can lead me to go pray for someone. Lord, let me be so yielded to you that you can lead me to drop a note in the mail or send someone a text, God. Lord, may I be so sensitive to your spirit, Lord, that I can help that person behind the cash register. Lord, I remember here a while back we was in California. There's a young boy standing outside McDonald's. He was rough, looked like he'd been in a fight. He was all scuffed up, didn't have no shirt on. And we was walking in, the wife and the girls walking into McDonald's. And he saw me, he said, would you buy me something to drink? Lord, I went in and bought the boy something to drink. I took it out to him. I said, here you go. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, God bless you. You're the first person today that's even acknowledged I was standing here. Oh, God. Oh, God, let us be that kind of a Christian, Lord. Let me be that kind of a Christian, Lord. That I can give someone a drink. That I can help someone along the way. Oh, God, we lift our hearts to you today. Let's just sing it to him, friends, with all of our heart. Let it be your testimony. Let it be your commitment today. Say, Lord, I give myself away to you. Amen. As, as we sing it, Brother Harry, go today. Amen. Give myself away. Heavenly Father, I give myself away. Oh, God, I pray for my brother today. Oh,
and be led. Standing back there, I just felt compelled to come and lay hands on my brother to get the ministers. If there's any, Brother Pete, whoever, who, anybody else here, we're just going to pray together. And Brother Joe, different ones that are here, just want to come up. I want you all to pray too. Just stretch your hand this way, guys. Just believe. Just believe.
bless you, saints. Amen. God bless you, saints. There is no God like our God. Amen. There is no God like our God. The way maker, the promise keeper, the miracle worker. He's the light in the darkness. He can bring you out of any darkness that the Satan tries to place you in. When my daughter sat in darkness, they said she'd never come out. But my God brought her out of the darkness. He made her see again. That's my God, friends. Oh, do you love him today? Amen. Amen. What a time we'll have when we have the time over there. Amen. God bless you. Come and lead us in a song, brother. Dismiss us. Amen. God bless you, saints, today. Amen. Go ahead and give him some praise this morning. Go ahead and praise him. Amen. Amen. I dare say there's, there's not a person gathered in this building this morning that we could all just use a little more love in our lives. Amen. Amen. Certainly appreciate that, Brother Daryl. Amen. Just Brother Harry's going to lead us in this a little more as we go this morning. Amen. Just worship him. Amen. You, you can be dismissed. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you, I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you, I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keep light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keep light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are.